shall we pray? In Jesus' name, Abba Father, we bless you. We just thank you for such a time as this. Father, thank you for the way you've been bringing blessings our way all through. As we go on in your word, Father, we pray that you break this up in the language your children can understand and feed us out to overflowing. That as we live here today, relationships will not remain the same again. Thank you, for we trust you have heard us because we've prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I welcome you again to our third Sunday, Family Month 2023. Those of you worshiping online, I say welcome again. And those of you in the basement, I welcome you. Amen. So our topic today says wisdom in relationships. And I'll read Proverbs 4, verse 7. I'm doing the Amplified Classic. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom, skillful and godly wisdom. For skillful and godly wisdom is the principal thing. And with it all, you have gotten, with all you have gotten, get understanding, discernment, comprehension, and interpretation. Praise the Lord. So, I'll do the little um, translation, the one that's so easy, you can understand. It says, getting wisdom, that's NLT. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Amen. And so I begin to look at this wisdom. Why is it important? Why is wisdom important? You can also, I know it resonates with everybody, we have a wealth of knowledge. Knowledge on everything. Everything God. We're growing in knowledge of God and his son Jesus Christ. We're growing in grace. But something is still missing. Sometimes we can't even apply what we Lines. The knowledge we have, we can't even put it into work. We cannot, we don't know how to use some of those promises. And so I began to get, I'm asking myself, what is it? So it says, what does wisdom mean? So the Webster um, Bridge Dictionary defines wisdom as knowledge and the capacity to make use of it. So in the layman's language, it says, it is the ability to apply knowledge. So you can have a wealth of knowledge, yes, in every aspect of life. As long as you don't know how to apply it, it's not going to work for you. It's a wasted level. That's what it is. Especially when it comes to spiritual things. Spiritual wisdom is not different. Spiritual wisdom is not just knowing what's good for you but also applying that knowledge into your everyday life. 1 Corinthians 1.30 amplifies says, but it is from God that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God, and sanctification, making us holy and setting us apart for God and redemption, which is providing our ransom 
from the penalty of sin. Some of us understand King James more than anything, or New King James. Sometimes for me, I do, when, when it's something else, if it's not King James, sometimes I don't get it. You have to go back so you can get the gist. So New King James says, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Some of us understand this more. Praise the Lord. So God is God is made wisdom in Christ to us. And that means that the wisdom and ability of God is imparted to us in Christ. You have access to it. You have access to the wisdom of God. So the illustration for this from the, what we just read. The illustration of the vine and the branches perfectly illustrates this. The branch is a part of the vine. Yes. The vine furnishes all the life that comes up out of the ground through the roots. But the branch's own is to bear all the fruit and have the leaves and blossom. So the vine and the branch are united. They are one. So that is the kind of utter oneness that you see between us and God. You are united with Christ in the same way. So it's a union of life, life in life, love in love, nature in nature. We are utterly one with him. And all he has is ours, and all we are is his. Praise the Lord. And then you begin to ask yourself, this, how do I get there? You know what? Everything about Christianity, everything about our faith is faith. So I looked up this one. It says, Christianity is called the great confession. We hear that all the time. So Hebrews 3.1, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession or profession, Christ Jesus. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then, that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So to hold fast is just to fully, be fully committed, fully committed to your confession, what you're confessing, what you're you know, professing. That's our work as Christians. To profess means to speak the same thing. So here we're speaking the same thing that God has spoken concerning us, concerning himself. Praise the Lord. So it's applied, it's just like referring to what we read earlier. Jesus Christ is our wisdom. Jesus Christ is our redemption. Jesus Christ is your sanctification. When you confess these things, and you hold on to it, great power. Great power is released, praise the Lord. You're fully committed to say what the Bible says about you. What God is saying about you, something begins to happen. We need to continue to confess. Every day you wake up, you need wisdom wherever you go. At home, as a wife, you need wisdom to navigate your wife's ship. I don't know if there's anything like that. As a husband, you need wisdom to navigate your headship. 
That's why I said you don't have wifeship. As children, you need wisdom to stay in a place of obedience to your parents. As parents, you need wisdom to stay in the place of parents where God has put you and not drive your children crazy. Praise the Lord. I'm using again the ghetto language. The Bible calls it something else. It says, I think the Bible says not to. Okay. You understand where I'm coming from? So we need to make this daily confession boldly. And as we continue to confess what the word of God says about us, confidence will come. Confidence in that position where God has put you, in that relationship, the confidence will always come. I always tell my husband, you know, we can never rise beyond what we're speaking with our mouths. You cannot rise or fail to the level. You rise or fail to the level of your confession. What are you saying in your relationship as a child, as a wife, as a husband, parents, grandparents, in-laws? You cannot enjoy more than the reality of spiritual truth that you've confessed. Praise the Lord. Our faith also is measured by the things we say, our confession. So we receive wisdom only in the measure that we confess that Christ is our wisdom. Amen. How many of us even take time to ask for wisdom? He says, in all your gettings, you can get your 10 degrees, doctorates, 10 masters, your bachelor's degree, Whatever. He says, in all of it, do what? Get wisdom. Amen. Because without wisdom, there's no success. There's no success. So as you continue to confess what God has said concerning you, begins to transform your entire conduct in life. It works. The word of God never fails. It never fails. It's incorruptible. It never fails. Praise the Lord. You need, when you get into the art of confession and begin to confess what the word of God says about you, about your husband, about your wife, about your children, about your parents, when you begin to confess, don't speak what you see. Speak what the word says. What you're seeing may be white, but the word of God says it's black. Stand on it. Stand on what the word says. Says, so let every man be a liar, but let God be true. As you keep standing on that confession, things will begin to change. There will be transformation in your relationship, in your conduct as a wife, as a husband, as a parent, as a child. Transformation will come. And guess what? The word of God is like, God has given us our word to do what? To act upon the word. It's not just lying here or in our Bibles. No. We need to act upon the word of God if we need to see results. God only responds to us when we act on his word. Every time I hear about electricity in the room, yes, wired, everything is perfect, in perfect condition. All you need to do, we were doing it in our class, our um, workers class here, with our dearly beloved teacher, sister, I think it was Chinyanyakoha. She did so well. So the electricity is there. All you need to do is do what? To touch the button and the light comes on. It is the same thing in our spiritual lives, in this divine life. 
the ability of God is already at our disposal. The wisdom is yours. Redemption is yours. Sanctification is righteousness is yours. They are there. But unless you begin to do something, that power, that it stays dormant in you unless you begin to act upon the word and God begins to respond. Amen. <clears throat> so sometimes I hear skills, skills, wisdom, skills. I get confused. So I'm looking at this dictionary, foreigner commentary. Let me read, first of all, Exodus 31 because it took the commentary from there. Exodus 31, 1 to 6, New King James. Artisans for building the tabernacle. He had artisans, people that do what we call in our language, olwaka. So they do with their hands, you know, this technical man or something. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Basilel, the son of Uri, the son of Hor, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels of setting, for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. And I indeed have appointed him, Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, and I have put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans, that they may make all that I have commanded you. God put wisdom in their hearts it's for a purpose. Otherwise, all the knowledge they have would be wasted if they don't have wisdom to apply it. God personally appointed these men. He said, I have called them by name. I have put wisdom in them. They were given favor by God to carry out their responsibility in the house of God in behalf of what? Israel. And then he said, he gave them wisdom. And then he says, the basic concepts, I'm reading this um, comment, say the basic concept behind the Hebrew word translated wisdom is synonymous with the English word skill. It is a word with wide-ranging application. For instance, where we read in Proverbs 4, 7, Solomon advises, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In that context, it means a skill. A skill for what? In living. Solomon was advising in their language, get a skill in living, in common sense, in relationships with other people. You need skill. You need wisdom. Whichever way, whatever, whichever one you choose to call it, you need wisdom in all your relationships. Some of us, we suck when it comes to relationship. You can't get along with anybody. You can't maintain any relationship. You know why? You lack wisdom, according to the word of God. God gave them wisdom so that they'll be able to do all that he has called them to do. Praise God. So these verses show that God himself was personally and directly involved by means of his spirit, enhancing the natural and developed abilities of those people involved in his work. 
They already had the skill, but they had to give them spatial skill, wisdom, so that they were able to do, produce what God wanted them to produce. Praise the Lord. God gave these craftsmen supernatural power for them to operate in his behalf, to produce good fruits within the purpose of God. And therefore, it suited God. In our own case, we'll be wondering, we have skills, but we are spatial. We're talking about skills. Look at Luke 24, 49. It says, listen carefully. I'm sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you. But you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed, fully equipped with power from on high. You are to remain until you receive power. Hmm. And then I was looking at that word power that they call dunamis. Women, we know it from our women's conference when we used to go to Pennsylvania. You have this dunamis power. It says, do not leave. He knows you cannot do it without the guidance, the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. It says, stay in the city. Do not leave until you receive power. Have we received that power today? Long, long ago, it was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Amen. You have access to the ability of God, to the wisdom of God. Jesus is your wisdom. Amen. The Holy Spirit came to, came to guarantee that all that you need to do this work, you will have it. So no matter what you're passing to, you're facing in your relationships as a husband or wife, there is hope. You have his wisdom. You have redemption. You have sanctification, the righteousness. For me, like that one is just the key. You are of God, says little children. And guess what? You have overcome the world. You've overcome all of them. Whatever those challenges may be, you have the ability of God. Nothing can separate you. In all this, he says, you are more than conquerors, whatever it is. That is why he says you should give thanks all the time to the Father who always leads you in triumph. He might be there today. He might look terrible. But I tell you what, there is light at the end of that tunnel. There is light. Do not give up. You have the skill. You have what it takes. You have the wisdom of God. You have the ability of God. The nature of God, the life of God, the wisdom of God, that are all yours. Legally, they belong to you. You are a victor. Amen. God's nature is there. His ability is there. You are his child. I'll do anything for my children. Sometimes the love of God, when I think about how much he loves me and I can't grab it, if I can't just grasp it, I begin to think about how much I love my kids and my grandkids. I'll do anything, anything so long as it's not against the word of God. Amen. Then I began to tell myself, if me, I that am evil, know how to love this much, my children, my grandchildren, how much more does my Abba Father love me? And that will give me strength to continue. Amen. Think about how much he loves you. I don't know the situation. You're passing through in that relationship. Wisdom is there for you. You have the legal rights to it. Jesus has become your wisdom. Amen. In the Bible, we see examples of men who have worked, who worked in divine wisdom. We see Joseph. 
Joseph was a good example. And he walked in wisdom. When you go home, you read up Genesis 41. You see what I'm talking about. Then you have Daniel. Daniel proposed and he said that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacy. Nor with the wine which the eunuch, with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Wisdom. He climbed into the lions and they threw him in there. But what happened? Not even a scotch. He wasn't scotched. He wasn't burnt. Until the lions then. He wasn't beat. What, what happened? A, a third person came down there. Another man said he was dressed in white robe. Right? And we all know, we bet who that man is. Jesus. And he shot the mouth of what? The lions in that den. Amen. Because he applied wisdom. We see Jesus Christ. I, don't, I think about that thing a lot. When Jesus bent and he was writing on the ground, when they brought a woman accusing of committing adultery, I was thinking. And then I saw it. I said, okay, so it is true. He was just thinking, how do I respond? How do I respond according to the word of God? It's what you always ask yourself in every situation. Be quick to listen and slow to speak as you think about it. Thinking about what would God have me say? What would God have me respond to this situation? Daniel was like that. Jesus did it also as he bent down and he wrote on the ground. And then he rose, he said, let any of you who has not done this be the first to cast that stone. And they all dropped it and they left. Amen. Wisdom, we need wisdom. We must always, when we read the word of God, squeeze out the wisdom of God out of the word. Just like you squeeze your orange, you squeeze it under the, you know, you get, because you need wisdom to succeed as a wife, as a husband, as a child, as a, uh, our young adults, wherever in your business, you need wisdom. Amen. I look at this example, they are giving an example, difference between knowledge and wisdom. And then this one says, knowledge is what we gather over time through study of the scriptures. So it can be said that wisdom in turn acts properly upon that knowledge. Wisdom is a fitting application of knowledge like we read. Knowledge understands the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brick. Knowledge sees the quicksand. You know what the quicksand is? Some of you that are red here and our young and our youth and our, the quicksand is, you see, it, is just, it looks so, so, so harmless. But you mistakenly step into it. It begins to go down. You to bury that person. There's no way of coming out again. That's what the quicksand is. It says knowledge sees the quicksand, but wisdom does what? Walks around it. Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom obeys them. I'm reading this from that same commentary. Knowledge learns of God. Wisdom loves him. Praise the Lord. So the Bible tells us the different types of wisdom. James 3, I will read from TPT. Help me today. Let me do this. Let me, okay. I gave them TPT, but I wanted to do, let me do the simpler one. For lack of time, praise God. 
He says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. If there's any pride in your arrogance, that is not wisdom. Humility. He said, with the humility that comes from wisdom. People who are humble, they are wise. Amen. In that relationship, don't show how tough you are. Pride is not wisdom. But if you're bitter, he says, if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. You know how people do that? Uh-huh. Let him come. Abio, na me. I will show him. You know how Nigerians, we blow this up in English. Uh-uh. Day your own, day your day, make I day my day. And I'm thinking, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> day your day, make I day my day. When I heard that thing, I said, ha. We have all kinds of loud, uh, <laughs> pidgin English is just like top notch. <laughs> ah, they, use, they like that one. Praise the Lord. So he said, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. When you look at your life, look at the relationship where you are. If you find any form of jealousy in you, selfishness, you are not wise. Apply wisdom so that you have a successful, enjoyable relationship. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. And I remember Andrew Womack's. Evil of every kind can include sickness and death. All kinds of evil news, praise the Lord. He says, it is also peace loving, that is the wisdom from above. He said, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace loving. People that love peace, fear them. They have strength, they are wise. They just do what? Let there be peace. And you will be doing your head, shaking your head. But that one that is smart, that God is looking at the wise one, say, let there be peace. And they will just leave everything to God. They are very strong, they are powerful. Beware of people like that. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always, always sincere. Where if God should open our hearts, you will see how insincere some of our hearts are. And the favoritism thing, my goodness, that one is crazy. That's what happened with Esau and the brother. When Rachel was there loving Jacob, husband was there loving Esau. You see what happened? It happens even in your own house. I've seen mothers that put a rift between their children because one has money, the other one doesn't have money. And she uses the, the younger one to be the head of the family. And the head is treated like a piece of trash. Even in the household of God, it happens every day. Just open your eyes. And if you're involved, just pray that God will help you. Amen. So those who are peacemakers, we plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. They plant. So how do we now build our house? How do you build your life? How do you build your relationship a house is built by wisdom. And it is godly wisdom. Proverbs 24, 3 to 7. I think I gave TPT again. 
I think I would like to go straight to A, Amplify Classic. Please forgive me, those of you, please. I'm sorry. So Proverbs 24, 3 to 7, Amplified Classic says, through skillful and godly wisdom, it's a house, a life, a home, a family, company. Some other translation will say company. They are built through wisdom. How do you build your relationship? How are you getting along with your wife, your husband, your adult children? Because the problem there is not the kid, little, little ones, the teeny thing, no, no, it's the adult children. How are you getting along with them? And you, Bobo, how are you getting along with mommy and daddy? How? You build your relationship, but wow, through wisdom. Only through wisdom can you build that house, build that life, build that home, build a family. And that wisdom comes from where? The word of God. Nobody has what it takes to build anybody or to change anybody. But we thank God that the word of God is always true. That word is the truth. And we know that truth and it will set us free today. Amen? And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong and is better than a strong man. Did you see that? A wise man is stronger and better than what? A strong man. I will skip. I believe you have the gist. And that wisdom comes from reading the word of God, taking time every day, Remove yourself from social media. Get the word of God. Get into the word. Fellowship with the word. Meditate on the word. Wisdom comes. For the word of God is that wisdom that you're looking for. And if you begin to do your relationships, the way you act, the way you react, the way you talk, the way you do everything you do, and if you begin to do them based on what the word of God says about you, you're building that house, your life in wisdom. Amen. The ability of God is at your disposal. You have the wisdom. You have righteousness. You have sanctification. The mind of God is yours. So we have the mind of Christ. So when I look at all this, I believe that health and vigor of God can become yours, a part of your body. The ability of God and the wisdom of God, they are all there for you. So that strength of God, the ability of God, and the wisdom of God will keep you what? Successful in every relationship. They are yours already. They are in you. All you need to do is to do what? Think about them over and over. Meditate. Meditate on what the word of God says. Confess it. And as you confess it, things happen. Your conduct begins to change. Your spouse's conduct towards you begins to change. Your children's conduct, your adult children begins to change. Your parents' conduct towards the adult children begins to change. And peace of God just flows at home. Amen? Yes, we may have the wisdom of God. I was at the source for sources of wisdom. We know it comes from God. So the ability of God. Let's look at that Colossians. One of my favorite places to read when I begin to talk about Redemption. Colossians, I know you get tired of it, but you keep hearing it. Children learn by reputation. We are also, some of us are still children too. The way we behave in our relationships. Colossians 1.12. 
the amplified, let me just do the, um, yeah, the amplified. What did I give? I don't know what I gave them. Praise the Lord. I think I gave the classic. <laughs> Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy people in the light. He says, your hearts should do what saw with joyful gratitude when you think of how God has made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in the light. Inheritance. Is it because we're talking about spiritual inheritance? You don't know what an inheritance is. It's worth more than millions of dollars you're talking about. Spiritual inheritance that God has given us. Yes, he has given us the ability. We have it. It is in you. When we got born again, we received the nature of God. We received that life, abundant life, eternal life. His life, along with that new birth also, we receive also. The Holy Spirit came to do what? To, you know, the, the Spirit of Christ also is in us. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit himself will come and now begin to lead us. Physical things are very clear to us. We understand the spiritual ones. That is where the trouble matters. And that is why the Holy Spirit is there, to help us to understand this thing about spiritual things, everything that has to do with our inheritance. Amen? Has to do with God. But it's not so with the unbeliever. Look at how the unbeliever, look at the heart of the unbeliever. Ephesians 4.17. God have mercy. He says, this I say therefore and testify to the Lord that you no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk in the vanity of, their, of the unbelieving. He says, um, their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. Delineated, estranged, estranged, self-banished. They banish themselves from the life of God with no share in it. This is awful. Because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. I know why I'm reading this. When you look at it, then you go and look at you. You now. God has redeemed you out of that darkness, thick darkness. That is why you must always endeavor to give place. You cannot give place to anything that is contrary to what God has given to you. In his, Jesus has done for you in his redemptive work. You give no place to anything that is contrary. Poverty and lack and failure and diseases and sickness, no duel, whatever it is, you will not give place to them because Jesus paid the price. Amen. Now look at the condition of your heart. You were like that unbeliever before. Darkness covered the heart. But now you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. Where darkness cannot reach you. He cannot do or jump that his own kingdom to come to the kingdom of God. Look at now how you are. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. They say the old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. It says, behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Once somebody gets born again, you see them rising. Even if everything around them is speaking negatively, 
Others are saying that's a casting down. They're saying that's a lifting up. That's a lifting up. I remember when things were like hell for us back home. My husband's bosom friend, Dr. Fabi, said, ah, Uchi, what is the matter with you? That joy that you're going to doesn't even have a window. The pastor can't even speak English. And you from America, what are you doing there? I just don't understand. And every time you're smiling, while you're passing, you're smiling. What is wrong with you? I didn't understand it until much later in my Christian life, I understood what was going on. It didn't, it didn't bother me. What was most important to me is the word of God that I hear there and my fellowship with the people as I fellowship in the word, with the word of God. Amen. It didn't bother me at all. He was seeing something different. I was seeing something different. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will not jump anything. I think I'll just continue next week. So the moment that the spirit of God is, that your spirit is recreated and then your mind can become renewed and you now bring it into perfect harmony with your recreated spirit by continuously studying the word of God. Everything is about the word of God. It's our all and all. It may take a little time. Yes, it takes time. Guess what? As you get used to it, you cannot, you find that you cannot do without it. You can't do without fellowshipping with the word. I remember as a baby Christian, it wasn't, I, I wasn't used to it. My mother, we're used to getting up 5 a.m. in the morning and we do our prayer, Chine Kenna, Chine Koba, God of God, um, you know, how we say it. My mother, you know, that prayer, I remember Pastor Dorothy's mom also. And I'm thinking they're all the same thing. But when I got born again, it's not just that prayer. My kid brother, he is my kid brother, but he's our daddy in the Lord now. He has his church there in London. He taught me, he said, sis, read the word of God. Every day, don't just pray and go away. Read the Bible every day. Get, and then he gave me, he was the first one that gave me one of the books, Young Cho, to read. And then he was sending me books. That, I mean, you cannot overemphasize, overflog the importance of the word of God. That is the only thing that's given to us. To be victorious over every situation. If you take it deep, you know, line by line, you see it is still all everything is referring to pointing back to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Do not joke with the word. The wisdom we're talking about, He is your wisdom. That word, that's where the wisdom is. Amen. It is the word of God, the Spirit. And as we study the word of God, I started learning this new thing now. I say, Spirit of the living God, you need to illuminate the scriptures for me. That is what the Holy Spirit does. He illuminates the scripture for you. So you'll understand the mind of your Abba Father. Amen. You see, one thing about wisdom, we say God is wisdom. Yes, the word of God, you find your wisdom there. God is the all-wise God, all-knowing God. He never acts out of love. Again, I'm coming back to that love. He never does anything out of love. Wisdom always follows after love. You know that. Because the wisdom is the word of God. And God is love. When you apply the word of God, you are applying wisdom. You are walking in love. Isn't that awesome? I'm getting everything at the same time. Just reading the word of God and applying it to my situation. When my husband talks to me, I don't like the way he talks. I run to the word of God. What does he say? I do my own part. Start my... my 
my own, um, how did the Bible put it, will be complete. My obedience has to be complete. I will check it. How am I talking to him? My husband, the last thing you can do is raise your voice at him. God have mercy. I see women that can raise their voices at their husband. I'm looking at my husband. When somebody raises their voice, say, woman, my mate, I will look at him. <laughs> because his dad knows better not to raise his voice. So you get to learn your spouse. Right? So I know. And then when he gets at me, he does something wrong. And I'm trying to explain. Because my voice is high. My voice is sad. My husband speaks. Their family, they have this, you know, way they speak. Our own. When we're talking, you think we are fighting. We're just having fun. My family, that's how we are. And so sometimes when I talk my, to my husband like that, initially, he will take offense. But he's started getting used to me now. That's how we talk in our family. Like somebody and another person are just, you know, giving one blow. You know, we're just talking. That's what it is. So, and all the same. But when he talks to me, he does something to me and he pains me. Before I can go, I will not talk to him the next one week. Two weeks. Uh, he say, choice, what do you know? Did you get this? No. Uh, you want this? Yes. Just yes and no answer. But see what the word of God is doing in my life. Hey, sometimes I don't even know those things that used to irritate me when my husband talks to me like that or does it. I don't even remember them. And then after some time I say, saying, God, what is all this? Those things that used to bother me in our relationship. I no longer even notice them. Honestly, I no longer even notice them. With my adult kids now, we stand, we have dialogue, we talk like adults. Of course, you know now, my little girl, Z, who's Amaka? You know that one now. When I, once I say, that's it, she'll not talk, she'll just zip. So when I say again, Z, what do you think? Zip. What, mommy, you want me to talk? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you have them, they're all different, you know, from different, the same parents, they're all different. Each of them brings in something the table. I'm learning from AB. I'm learning from CC Udogu. I'm learning from Chinenye. That one will not say a word. Just when you offend her, begin to seek the face of God. <laughs> I try not, I call her mommy. We call her mommy, me and my husband. Because she took after his mother. They said his mother was like that. My husband took after the mother, but Chine is the female version of my husband. I'm learning so much from her. Oh God. Sometimes she says, but mommy, mommy, you don't have to talk now. You didn't have to respond. Wisdom. Wisdom. And I'll go back to the word of God. I say it is true. Do I have to respond to everything? They said a wise person, when they, even a fool, when they keep quiet, they don't talk. You know, they look like they are wise. Yes. So I began to learn. You see that, my little Z, I learned from her. Look at my little Amanda. My little girl that read the Bible this morning. I told her what she did to me once. And I thought about it. I said, no, I have to redirect this thing. I have to really, really redirect. How can you tell me that this food is not good? Your teacher even has low opinion of it. And when I say plantain and fried eggs, it's awesome. I used to have it every, at EN when I was having my kids. That was my favorite thing. In Seattle, Washington, she says, well, that's in your opinion. Hey, you see? So I, wisdom tells you, before, I will react. I will say, come, 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 come. Who told you? Our language, you say, oh, yes, who asked you to say it? Then I said, nene, come. I call her nene, I said, nene, come. You know, it's very good that you have your opinion. And you just turned six, two days ago. I said, and me, see, I'm going to be 70. 
I have my own opinion. I said, it's very, very good. There's nothing bad about it. I said, but no, no, you have to think about it. The things you know now, does baby Cheesy know it? She said, no, baby Cheesy is a baby. She doesn't know anything. I said, good. I said, just like you. You say, grandma, what grandma said, or grandpa, or mommy, or daddy, is something you don't know. You might never know till you get to the age of 40. She's like, wow. <laughs> so wisdom is the principal thing in every relationship. In all your gettings, please get wisdom. Where do you find that wisdom? You find it in the word of God. As you fellowship with the word of God daily and meditate on the word of God, it is the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. That's something I skipped. When you're walking in that, according to the word of God, and God is love, you're walking in love. You know that. And when you're walking according to the word of God, you're walking in love, you also have the wisdom of God, applying that wisdom in that situation. And when you walk with wisdom, apply wisdom, there's no way that relationship will not succeed. It will be a joyful one. Praise the Lord. I pray that you and I will continue to walk. Is this kind of love that Jesus brought, the new kind of love, that's what I'm talking about. That does not keep a record of wrongs. You go to 1 Corinthians 13. I don't want to go there because of lack of time. When you begin to walk in this word of God, according to the word, you're walking in wisdom. You're walking in love. And this kind of love, you apply it in that relationship. Whether they are your adult children or your parents or getting on your nerves, whatever they are. No, 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 no. It won't happen again. Because you're applying the mind of God to that situation. God can never, never fail. When you apply what the word of God says concerning you in your situation, you will never fail. If you walk in this new kind of love, you will not make any mistake. You will not do wrong. There's no sin in this God's kind of new love I'm talking about. There's no sin. The sin is in the old love. Give me 50-50. The natural human love, that is where the sin comes. When you begin to apply it, that is the worldly kind of wisdom. It is not the godly wisdom we're talking about. Amen? Let us look at John 10.10. 10. When I look at passion translation, sometimes I say, ha, they're just going to fill it now with passion. I just feel like they have so much passion. In passion, I don't know what it feels like. Passion translation says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullest until you overflow. Hmm. I love that. Abundant life, it means everything. So I've come to give it to you, life in abundance. Eternal life and abundant life, to me they're the same. I don't know, I'm not sure. But the moment you come to Christ and you receive him, you receive what? Eternal life. That's what I know. And then, Jesus goes ahead to define it for us. In John 17, 3, he says, eternal life. Um, hold on. He says, now this is eternal life, 
that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The nature of God. If God is love, you also are love. His nature is eternal life. You also have eternal life. His nature is the all-wise God. You also have that wisdom. Because you are an extension, a branch of that vine. You are the branch. If the vine produces love, you are producing, you, you are the branch, you are also producing love. If the branch is, whatever the branch is producing, is what you also are producing because you are part of that vine. That is the objective of Christ coming. Eternal life, that they may have life. That is subjective. The reason for why he came as man. The reason for him going to Calvary. The reason for him to go through that suffering. He said he learned obedience by the things he suffered. So I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that he that believeth on me has passed out of death into life. He that believeth on me has eternal life. That is the reason why he came. Praise the Lord. You have eternal life. You have the ability of God. You have legal rights to wisdom. You have all these abilities in you. Praise the Lord. Why will you fail? Failure comes when we do not listen. You're not a doer of the word. If you're listening and you're a doer, no way. There's no place, no chance for you to fail. Amen. Don't say the grace of, grace, the grace of God abounds. It's left to you. Amen. Don't say by his grace, so his grace abounds. So it's all on you. Praise God. So I saw this in our life. I said, just as the tree is made alive with the sap that comes to it from the ground through the roots. He said, even so, you, yourself, your spirit will be made alive with a new pouring, pouring out from, of, you know, of God's heart. He's pouring out his heart into you. I like to read Galatians. Let me see if I can get, quickly grab Galatians before my time is up. If I can go... Can you put up Galatians 2.20 for me, please? I don't, I've not gotten there, but if you can put it up, I'll see if I can read it from here. If you can, let me keep going. Praise God. Galatians, oh God, I can't read it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yes, it says, my old identity has been crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. I think I want the TLC. That is TPT, sorry. <laughs> and now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one who lives his life through me. Is that 21? I'm looking for something. Uh, and we live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God. Who lost me so much that he gave himself for me? That's what I'm looking for. What does he do? 
he dispenses his life into mine. Child, that's what I'm looking for. He dispenses his life into me. What's that song? It's the Korum. That's a song in Hebrew. Can somebody? Okay, he says, I am, he says, I am the, the only woman, a gifted, a good life, something. I'm a child of God. Let me just put it that way. He says, nothing, nothing. I, I lack nothing good. I'm a child of God. I don't need, look, you, it is, we don't want to be what he wants us to be. The sooner we begin to go into what we are in Christ, and the redemptive work he did for you, not for himself. All he did was for you. Once we get into it, then we begin to understand that song. He said he dispenses his life into mine. What else? What else? Tell me. He dispenses his life into yours day by day. I want to challenge you. I'll be rounding up here so I can continue here next week. I'm challenging you. What did you get from this? How is your relationship with your spouse, with your parents, with your adult kids? Because the, hori the, the horizontal affects the vertical. You know that. You know that, right? Your horizontal relationship affects your relationship with God. You can't tell me every day you're angry, you're bitter, you're resentful and everything, and then you tell me you're, you, know, you have peace with God. No, now. It affects you. When I get upset, if my husband upsets me, I try, ask him. I'll try to, <laughs> quickly, please, let's make up. Because I can't remain like that. I feel like I'm communing all the time with God. And once I say little read between us, he knows I will do everything possible to see that it stops, it ends. I don't mind cooking all crab soup that I don't eat. Women, you know how to get them now. Uh -uh, which one you did? Uh -uh, your husband cannot keep longer to cook the okra soup. Make that fish banging pepper soup. Ah, fish, ice fish. Yes. Make that aku ofaku, you know. Make that bitter leaf soup. They like the traditional ones, some of them. How about now? Do it now, and that thing will end. And then the, the other one, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our topic says wisdom in our relationships. Have you been blessed?